The opinions expressed during this podcast are the individual's own and do not represent those of Wyndham City Council. Hello and welcome to Recently Returned. I'm one of your regular hosts, Kirsty, and I'm joined by my colleagues, Paulina. Hi. And Ricky. Hello. Today we're discussing biographies and memoirs. This topic is in honour of the National Biography Awards and I'll share the shortlist with you at the end of the episode. So let's just jump into our recommendations. Uh, Paulina, if you could start us off with your first pick. Yes, thanks Kirsty. I read um, I Want You to Know We're Still Here, a post-Holocaust memoir by Esther Saffron Fur. F-O-E-R, um, was really interesting to read. I have read a few things about um, that time in World War II and um, a lot of them say similar things, same as this, that the children grow up knowing there's some big secret in the house, the children are survivors, and often the parents don't talk about things. And this girl didn't find out until she was grown up and married herself until uh, that her father had had uh, another family, a wife and daughter, that were killed in the Holocaust. So she wants to find out all about them and goes back to the Ukraine to discover what happened with the family and how her parents survived the war as well. It was really interesting and very moving. Because difficult times to go through. but And this is from a Jewish perspective. But I know even with my parents-in-law who came from Poland, um, they went through the same thing that the nightly bombings they got locked in a soviet camp and um it's very interesting from that point of view seeing things that would have happened in their life i've heard bits and pieces but the same thing the children were never told anything so i i found it very absorbing and um a, a really worthwhile read with her coming to terms with things yeah, it's always a, a difficult topic to cover, but it's very important, and especially with that kind of inherited trauma. Mm, mm. And just so many things that are kept secret. I know um, with my mother-in-law, half her hand is missing. It got um, had to get amputated during the war. It was just hit by shrapnel, and um, they were hiding in the forest at the time, and she, she found someone to fix it. But... Um, I'd mentioned something to my husband about, oh, isn't that terrible about your mother's hand? And he said, yeah, a spider bit her. Oh. Yeah, and that's, he asked, she just said, oh, a spider bit me, so be careful with the spiders, and never got mentioned again. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like this was was quite a personal book for you as well. It was, because there were so many things that I could relate to things that she said, and they're in similar areas, and the hunger and um, they're being scared all the time. And to think that she came through that on a personal thing, uh, well, with the people in the book and my mother-in-law and come through it and could still carry on living. Yeah. And, and yeah. to really um, have a great deal of respect for people that have gone through that. And even though like now we're going through hard times, but people have gone through a lot worse. And it's yeah. good to remember that, I think, that you can survive this and we'll get through it. Well, thanks for sharing that one. It sounds like a powerful book. It was. Um, Ricky, what have you got for us? Um, so I think given the nature of the world at the moment and this 
um, you know, biographies as our genre, we might be having quite a few like pretty intense um, stories yeah. happening, <laughs> I think. Um, so my first one is going to be A Hundred Years of Dirt by Rick Morton. So this was Rick's own story. So he is a um, journalist and um, I really find it interesting when journalists write um, their own memoirs or biographies and things because they're, they're writers and they're used to writing other people's stories. So I find the different things that they bring into their own stories really interesting. So in A Hundred Years of Dirt, um, he talks about his upbringing and there's a lot of trauma and like intergenerational violence and intergenerational trauma and stuff like that that he talks about. Um, but he frames it in the like under the research around it and it as a wider issue. It's not just his personal story, but he talks about his personal story in the framework of the research that's being done into these things. Um, so that kind of um, way of telling a personal story, I think is really interesting. Like it shows how widespread some of these things are in different ways. And he also talks about the kind of myth of social mobility, which I find really interesting that we don't really kind of talk about too much, like the Australian dream of, you know, working hard and you can achieve is not really real for a lot of people, like, or it's much, much harder if you're in a situation where you just have to work three jobs to be able to pay rent you know, kind of thing. Yeah, everyone's starting from a different yeah. from a different level. And, and that really makes it, a difference to where you end up. So, yeah, he really highlights that in the um, book as well. So I thought that was really interesting. Oh, excellent. Yeah, um, what you were saying about journalists writing their own memoirs or books, um, one of the nonfiction books that really stuck with me was any Ordinary Day by Lee Sales mm. and she's a journalist and she does a lot of speaking about journalism and the the kind of emotion behind interviewing mm. people uh, as well which which is quite interesting uh, because usually journalists are removing themselves by one or two steps from the content that they're writing about and in something like that or something like the the biography um, you've just mentioned it, it's almost the opposite way of of writing that, that they would be used to yeah absolutely I I really want to read the Lee Sales book I haven't got around to it yet but um, that's kind of on my list of it made me cry twice. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, isn't that the kind of like mark of a good book? How many times you oh, cry? Yeah, definitely. But it also, <laughs> it was an audio book, and I was listening while driving, so potentially not the <laughs> not the safest time. But that's okay. Content warnings. No, no. <laughs> 
So I guess I'll take that as a cue to share the biography uh, I've recently read, uh, well, memoir, really. Um, and I'll bring the tone up a bit, I guess, because this is um, a celebrity memoir talking as fast as I can uh, from Gilmore Girls to Gilmore Girls by Lauren Graham. <laughs> I actually purchased this one for my dad, who is not a huge reader, and I snuck in and stole it for myself to read it um, for that Gilmore Girls, Girls nostalgia because we watched that show as a family every week while it was airing uh, and I knew at least part of the book would be discussing the filming of the original series and the reboot from 2016. A few mixed feelings about this book. So Lauren Graham is a writer as well as an actress and I found I found she was insightful and conversational when she was on a role in a story, but especially at the beginning, it's like she was trying too hard to make a joke and it kept pulling me out of the narrative. But once that kind of settled down, I quite enjoyed uh, her stories and I did enjoy the discussion of the filming and especially the filming of the reboot, which after I read the book, I went back and rewatched the whole thing. And it's really interesting to watch <laughs> a scene and then pick out the moment from, from the memoir that you'd just read about what was going on behind that. But what surprised me was I actually got a lot out of her talking about writing and her talking about how writing started as a fun activity she was just doing for herself and then when it became something when she got a book deal and suddenly there were deadlines and people needing things from it that it became hard work and she was struggling with procrastination uh, which is something I also struggle with a lot <laughs> and she shared um, something called the Don Roos kitchen timer method um, for writing and it's much like a lot of other methods you could probably look it up but I'm I'm giving it a try um, just to set aside some writing time each day and it's working so far for me so yeah I I was surprised to get something useful out of the book but it's quite enjoyable and if you want something light uh, give it a go. Can I ask so which character was she in Gilmore Girls? Uh, she was the, the mother, Laura oh, Gilmore. Oh, okay, right. Sorry, I'm trying to yeah. imagine because I have, yeah, I have watched Gilmore Girls, um, but I don't know the actors' names and things like that. Um, does she give any insight onto who her favourite Rory boyfriend was? <laughs> no. Because there's a lot of discussion on the internet about this. Yeah. <laughs> She was very diplomatic <laughs> about that, I think, um, because she was working with all the young actors. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't have a favourite. A lot of them were not very nice to Rory, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and in different different parts. They all had their good and bad yeah. moments. <laughs> yeah, so that was a good one. Um, I'm not sure if if the rest of the books we're, we're about to talk about are also going to be lighthearted, but I'll no. move along to <laughs> Paulina's second book and see how that goes. 
Um, well, the second book, I've, I've only just started it, so um, it's going well. So Claire Bowditch, um, your own kind of girl. Now, a lot of people would know Claire Bowditch. She's um, a singer and a beautiful singer, and she's also on the radio on 774, and I can listen to her in um, the afternoons. And I really enjoy... Uh, listening to her because doing interviews and things like that so I thought I'd like the book because she's really interesting person very warm-hearted and I am enjoying the book but it's um it is a bit hard to read because she's very open and her childhood wasn't um she had a lot of anxiety and grief and things like that and it's very hard to sort of go through that and I was a child that always worried as well. So um, I can empathise a lot with her. And she had a lot of problems with eating and feeling like she's a fat kid and things like that, <clears throat> which I can also relate to. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's very interesting and I'm looking forward to the end because it really shaped her as a person, all she went through. And and often think that struggles that you go through um, even though other people might know about them or mightn't think about them, they can really shape who you become. And I'm finding it really interesting. Are you reading it or are you listening to it? I'm just curious because she's on the radio. I'm reading it. I think um, it would be harder to listen to it. Um, I have listened to some of uh, Bill Bryson's books and he's a, you know, travel things and they're nice and they're funny and listening to him read them, I really enjoy, but I think with one and like the previous one that are a bit deeper uh, and a bit, not deeper, a bit sadder and um, getting through personal traumas and, and problems, I, I would find that hard to listen to the actual person reading what had happened to them. So I think at least with a book, I feel like I could put it down easier and just think, okay, that's a bit too much for me and I'll come back to it. Whereas the audio, I'd find it hard to turn off. I'd feel like I was in a conversation that I had to sort of yeah. keep listening. Yeah. Mm. Like you owe them to continue listening because they're being yes. vulnerable with you. Yeah, I, I can relate to that. Yes. Yes, and they're, they're sharing so much of a personal nature that, um, yeah, you, you would. You'd feel obligated to keep reading and it's harder to step back rather than a book you can close and think, yeah. okay, I need a break. Definitely. Um, Wiki, mm. did you say you'd finished this one? Yeah, I've read this one um, and I really enjoyed it. I think she mm. has a really great sense of humour that's kind of through the book in really sometimes subtle ways, even mm. though you can tell that she's built up like humour as a little bit of that coping strategy for um, some of the things. Yeah. Um, and I guess I can kind of relate to that and I appreciate it when other people kind of do it as well. But, yeah, um, yeah. I thought it was really, yeah, really beautiful and such a challenging book to it would have been challenging to write and I really respect mm. people that are willing to just like bear it all um yeah. in book form because it's um especially when it's a little bit you know directed inward as well like I think there's a bit of a difference between 
talking about, oh, this thing happened to me versus this is what was happening on the inside. This is what I have done and all of that stuff. Yeah, and the feelings. To be that vulnerable to the world is a really brave act. So, yeah. And that's how come um, I felt that I couldn't read it as mm, having yeah. as an audio book. It would be just in her voice. Um, I think it'd be just too much. But it really gives you a whole lot more respect in that for her too. I mean, I, I think she's lovely on the radio, but you think she just sounds like such a cheerful person that's never really had any sort of worries. And, and you just don't know, mm. do you, what's behind someone. I'm really enjoying like Ricky said with the bits of sort of underlying humor with these very you know serious things and so personal yeah um Ricky what what's your next pick so my second one is the prettiest horse in the glue factory by Corey White so this is another kind of memoir of trauma and you know, pretty challenging childhood and different things. Um, Corey is a comedian, stand-up comedian, so there's a lot of humour. Oh, he's obviously developed a really um, high-level sense of humour to cope with a lot of his um, tragedy and uses it in his um, stand-up. Before I'd read the book, I saw one of his stand-up bits and it's really confronting the what he talks about because he was um in the foster care system for a really long time um Mm. a lot of really bad placements there and a lot of abuse and different things that happened um he then he was a really smart kid though and um got a scholarship to a um, like high-regarded um, boarding school. So that was like mm-hmm. his ticket out was like education was going to be his way out of yeah. that situation. Education and somewhere to live while being educated yeah. as well. Um, but then, you know, all things don't always go as planned and he ended up becoming addicted to meth as an adult and was, went through a really tough time um, later on and then eventually became like a comedian. And so now I think he's sober and he's been doing that stuff. But just the way that, you know, it's not always a linear road to yeah. um, escaping certain things or, you know, if you're not dealing with a lot of that traumatic stuff they come back in different ways or um all sorts of things and you know success looks different for different people as well I think um that that's always a good thing to remind ourselves that you know a little bit of this like trauma porn type of stuff that we look at people that have had a tough time but look how successful they are now so it's yeah, okay. the inspiration yeah. um, machine yeah yeah so it's kind of a good reminder that that doesn't always happen um and it's also not just like a linear road there like there's a lot of ups and downs and a really hard traveled road to get 
to any form of success. Um, And success can be so different than like, you know, just having a comfortable life where you're safe is success for some people. So, yeah. um, But yeah, Yeah. um, really, really funny though. He talks about some really challenging things with a lot of humour. Um, and I, it was really enjoyable to read in that way. It was mm. not, even though there was a lot of really difficult stuff, it wasn't something that I felt like I was wading through to get to the end. You oh, know? That, like, that's good. Yeah. So, yeah, I appreciate, like, it's good to be able to think about these challenging things without necessarily living in the emotion of it the whole time. So, because that can be really yeah, tough. it sounds like some very, very challenging and and difficult things to read about if, if it wasn't for the humour balancing it. Absolutely, yeah. And I think really important stuff to acknowledge and read about because a lot of the... Um, Again, there's a lot of systemic issues around, like, um, the foster system and, um, like, drug and alcohol support and stuff like that that's important to acknowledge um, but can be really difficult to be thinking about in really intense ways all the time. And, yeah, yeah, Corey Mm. is a really funny comedian. Like, I would... He's still pretty young as well. I think when he wrote the book, he was only in his 20s. So the life that he had led just to that point was, like, huge. Um, And he's still a pretty young guy. Um, But I suggest anyone um, to have – I think there's some of his stuff on YouTube. So if you like stand-up, Australian stand-up, have a look. Yep. I love stand up, but I can't remember the name at the moment. I'm sure when I see a picture of him, I'll remember. But um, I love stand up. But you often, like the same as um, with Clay Bowditch and that, you don't just don't know what's on yeah. has gone on I in mean, people's lives before. Corey White's pretty upfront about it in his stand up. Oh, that'd be like pretty full. That's yeah. the whole basis of a lot of his um, things. But um, <laughs> it's interesting to read. Like, there's a difference between like it being in a stand-up bit and it being yes. in a full book form and the whole story being spoken about, I think, yeah. And I'll keep an eye out for that one or YouTube. <laughs> so I don't have a second book to talk about, but I do have a recommendation that was sent in from one of our other co-workers, Anna Maria. Uh, so. Anna Maria recommends Educated a Memoir um, by Tara Westover. Uh, it tells the incredible story of her life from her extremist childhood upbringing to where she is now as an adult and how she came to be who she is today. It divulges the impact that her parents' extremist, anti-government, anti-education views and subsequent sheltered childhood had on her and how she went from having no education growing up to eventually attending Cambridge University and achieving a PhD. 
It's an incredible story from start to finish and sparks questions and reflection on the importance of education and the power of one individual to completely reshape their life. This is such an important book for teenagers and adults to read, not only to learn about a completely different perspective on life and belief, but also to realise how powerful they themselves can be and the potential that we all have to do amazing things. Um, so that recommendation was from Anna Maria and it definitely sounds like a really interesting book. I don't, I know I'd heard of it and I've seen the cover before, but I haven't picked it up. So if either of you familiar with that one? No, I'm not, but I'm very interested now. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Mm, I've seen the cover and um, read the, the back of it and it did look very interesting. But a successful recommendation from Anna Maria, wanting us all to read that mm, book now. Good. Um, so I'll just wrap up the, the episode. Um, I mentioned earlier that we chose to do biographies and memoirs in this episode because the National Biography Awards were coming up. Uh, at the time we're recording now, the shortlist has been nominated, um, but the winners haven't been announced. Um, and there are some great looking titles on the shortlist. So they are The Girls by Chloe Higgins, Beyond Words, A Year with Kenneth Cook by Jacqueline Kent, Idling in the Green Places, A Life of Alec Chisholm by Russell McGregor, Tiberius with a Telephone by Patrick Mullins. Things No One Knows But Me by Amra Pajalik. I probably should have checked how to pronounce her name before I read that out. And Hearing Maud by Jessica White. Um, I'm particularly interested in Hearing Maud, um, but I don't think I'll get a chance to read it before the winners are announced. Um, I know it's in our e-collection though so I'll probably borrow that at some stage. Uh, Ricky and Paulina, do any of those jump out at you? I thought the girls looked really interesting. Um, it's, uh, there's, it's, I can't remember because I haven't looked before. Um, there's a car accident early on and um, her, some of her siblings are killed, her father was driving and it's about guilt and sorrow, resilience, and people coming through things. Yeah, that one sounded good. Yeah, I mm. agree. That was my pick mm. as well, Paulina. Um, it sounded really interesting the way that she was um, going to be writing about such a personal um, story, and it would be challenging, absolutely. Yeah, that definitely looked like um, an interesting one to me as well. But we'll see who the winner is later on. Thank you, Paulina and Ricky, for coming on the podcast. Um, you've had some great recommendations and I've loved the conversation. If at home you have any comments or recommendations of your own that you'd like us to share, you can contact us via our Facebook page at Libraries in Wyndham. And for now, happy reading. <laughs>